thanks for tuning in to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Brazilian Grand Prix. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen and enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. We had the last race in a triple header, the Brazilian Grand Prix, and also the final sprint race weekend of the season. Um, But we have a lot to get to, so let's jump right into it. So obviously, because it's a sprint race weekend, we only have the one practice and then go right into the qualifying for the feature race. What happened in practice other than Ocon, <laughs> Ocon and Alonso, right? Well, that was during that was during qualifying, right? Was that qualifying? Have... I thought that was in practice. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this was a bit of a blur. Uh, you know, for fantasy folks like ourselves, it was like trying to study. You know, with just one arm behind your back, there was nothing to be learned. It was just such a disaster. Yeah, yeah we really. I, I, I've not taken a look at the Coupes F one. But I know no. I probably didn't do very well. Um, <laughs> hopefully, no one did. I don't know. Because, just, yeah, but to your point, Mark, there's just so little to go on. One practice session, then it's straight into the action. Yeah. And we, oddly enough, had a lot of the drivers before the race weekend, I guess because it's the last one and they're talking about maybe switching up the format for next year. So, a lot of the drivers were getting questions about their thoughts i guess on the sprint race weekend and a lot of them had to say that they they liked it they just wanted to like switch the format around a little bit yeah i mean because at the end of the day you can put them in you can put them on lawnmowers and they'll want to go out and just beat the next guy on that lawnmower right yeah they're racers they just want to be racing against against people it's so odd that verstappen has such a problem with the sprint weekends though you'd think He's such a racer. He seems like a pure racer that he would be yeah. all about it, but he he's just obviously grumpy. hates it. He is just grumpy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he always, he's just to find something to bitch about anyway. But um, yeah. I did but like I mean, the, I, I did like the idea of them potentially doing the reverse grid order. Um, that seems appealing to me. And then they'd have like another practice session because they'd just be using the one qualifying session for both. And yeah. it would make it so at least like the races are going to be totally different as opposed to maybe just having the same race twice. So that's kind of how you get it in, in F2. They have they have a sprint race and a feature race. And the, and the sprint race is like one through 10 is reverse order. If you finish it, if you qualify 11 through the back, then yeah, you, you're still starting in that order. But it, they switch the top 10 around. It's kind of gimmicky, kind of quirky. But if it's a separate championship, then, which is another one of the things that they've been talking about. Yeah, that would be cool. Then, you know, maybe it makes it interesting. Yeah, I heard I heard them talking about the, uh, you know, potentially creating a separate sprint championship and how so many other series do it. I don't know. I am a bit of a purist. I don't mind the sprint weekends. I don't mind the idea of a, of a reverse grid. But... I definitely, I don't know how I'd feel about a a separate championship. Like, I definitely like the idea of the one championship with some interesting things sprinkled in. You know, I don't think we have to go more than six sprint races. And if they want to do a reverse grid, maybe one or two, three, I don't know. But I I wouldn't want to see it go like pure NFL and we got Thursday football and, you know, all the craziness there. Yeah, I was actually chatting my brother earlier on this evening. 
and he had a quirky theory, and which was that if there are six sprint races in the season, you have two where you have to put a third driver in in place of one of your main drivers, <laughs> and then the the others, you know, you kind of mix it up. So basically one of your main drivers has to sit out at least one sprint race. Like they actually have to use the reserve driver. They have to use a driver for once ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was going even further than that saying like how he wanted like them have to switch out on Grand Prix weekend, you know, Grand Prix as well. I was like, no, yeah. that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but you know what? If you've got to switch out a driver and so the reserve driver does two sprints out of the six, and you've got to switch one of your main drivers out for one of them. Well, that could be kind of interesting and quirky. I hadn't thought about it before, but it was an interesting theory. Definitely yeah. mix things up. Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard that tossed around before. It kind of makes me nervous having someone who isn't really driving the car all that much just be thrown <laughs> in on a race weekend. Thrown in, thrown in on, on a Saturday and he bins it. And so yeah. Max Verstappen right. on race in the Grand Prix. You know? Yeah. Well, if he crashes <laughs> in Max, maybe, you know, it won't be so bad. But <laughs> anybody else. Wrinkles to iron out to this plan. But it was an interesting, <laughs> an interesting theory nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So let's jump into the race weekend so in the first qualifying session there was a little moment between george and pierre in the pit lane which ultimately george did get a two spot grid penalty for it i guess because of how the pit lane is super or the pit exit is really weird here where you can kind of like move over so other cars can get around you but george didn't move enough and then kind of went forward without looking in his mirror to see if there was someone there. Um, I mean, it, it looked kind of dangerous, but everything turned out okay other than him getting the, the grid spot penalty, obviously. But then Max went down the right-hand side of everybody. Yeah. I, I didn't quite understand how he got away with that. I mean, once you're at... Because at one point I was thinking, well, if you've cleared the pit exit line where the where the green or yellow, uh, the green or, or red light is to say mark the end of the pit lane, whether it's open or closed, then you're technically on the racetrack. So that's fine. But then I saw that he was overtaking people going down the pit lane as well. Aggressively. Pretty aggressively, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I was a little bit, uh, how did that not? Uh, anyway, I. I was busy on Friday. Well, I, so I, I saw really Max doing the overtakes much, but it was like, when he was outside the pit lane. You know, I think he passed like three guys on the right-hand side. Yeah. Was it yeah. more that George was – because I, I think this is where George was somewhat close to some of the pit lane guys, the crew from whatever team was just after his box. Is, was it more of that? Maybe. Yeah. They know. seem to focus a lot on that one incident with him at the end of the, the pit exit at the time but he did get a two spot grid penalty but obviously he was not out in the first session it was logan and all four of the alpha drivers alpha romeo and alpha tari out in the first session um nothing crazy in q2 albon was out and then both the hosses and both the alpines and then in q3 
Um, we had Oscar had a little moment going off the track, but nothing really happened. And then it looked like maybe it was going to start raining. And then we got the the message from from Mark in our group chat about half the track looking like Mordor out there. <laughs> and it was really crazy. Those uh, clouds coming in over the track, how they were just moving and rolling over. It was it was pretty intense. Yeah, there was a wall of darkness just moving. Yeah. In. Uh, slowly moving in, right? Because you saw it forever. The the cool helicopter shot that they showed while Max was on his, I think, first lap, and they would zoom in and then it would zoom out, and you just saw the massive darkness coming in. It was definitely entertaining, you know, at at, at most. Yeah, but if the if the if the helicopter's in the air, then you know it's still okay. The weather's not too bad. Well, <laughs> yes, but like you know, I didn't think they made a really good point that. You know, you're always focused on the rain. When's the rain coming? And and that's when you know the track's going to get slippery. But they made a great point about the gust of wind, that wall of air that moves through when you have a cell moving like that, that just barrels things over. And that was a big part of, I think, what caused a lot of the you know craziness in Q3, where it was just the wind was crazy. Yeah. I mean, you heard Charles say that it felt like it was raining when it wasn't raining at all on the track. I mean, they were just struggling to to keep it on the track, but then eventually the, the, the clouds did come in and it downpoured and it was so dark from the clouds that even if it wasn't raining, they wouldn't have been able to see because there are no lights out on that track. So <laughs> there's there's nothing they would have been able to do. And then the roof got torn off one of the, the grandstands. You see that? No. That, I did not it, like, see that. It was like it just tore the roof off. So I saw a couple Jeez. of different views. One from outside to seeing it get ripped off. And then there was one from inside where someone was just filming and then suddenly the roof was gone. It was oh crazy. God. You can look it up on Twitter. It's, it was yeah, nuts. I I'm will. Like, but the thing is, though, the next day, the thing is, though, it's Brazil. So ev- the next day, everyone was packing out that ground stand again. If it was in the US or if it was in Europe or something, the whole thing would have been cordoned off. And it's like, well, right. you know, where are they going to sit? They'll stick them out on a bank somewhere. But one thing I did notice actually about this weekend, I'd never really noticed if they did it last year or whatever, but the last proper corner, Junsao, where it's like turns 11, 10, 11, and 12, that whole infield section right there, they put a stage up and there was like a big, it's like a party zone kind of thing going on there. Which I never, I don't think they'd ever done that before. It was always just like this big, like grass verge. Um, but it seems like they're getting more and more people in Brazil watching F1 as well. Which, if you think about the history there with Senna and everyone, it's kind of hard to believe that they get even more people into it now. Yeah. But it just seems like every way, every race now, this like they're they're creating more and more sort of fan experiences. So it's not just about the racing anymore. There's all right. sorts of other stuff going on which kind of makes me really want to go to a race even more. It's been a long time. Mm. Yeah. And I had said in our chat that this is one of the ones near the top of my list. I didn't realize how close it is to Sao Paulo. Like it's literally in the city and it, it looks like a really, really fun time. But yeah, when the weather rolled in, they they brought out a red flag and that was the end of the session. And by default, almost Max was able to get pole with, Charles rounding out the front row and shockingly enough, the Aston Martins with Lance in P3 and Alonzo in P4 locking out the second row. Um, That was a big surprise. We haven't seen them that far up since the first few races of the season, really. I counted them out completely. 
<laughs> I literally yeah. didn't even have them in the top 10. <laughs> so I was disappointed, but also excited. Yeah, because they've been, I mean, Fernando got a podium in Zandvoort, right? Which was just straight after the break. But since then, they've just had a really torrid run of it. Yeah. They, they, their upgrades went, took them in the wrong direction. So it's good to see a weekend finally come together for them. Because, uh, especially where they were at the start of the season, to see them drop off like that is like the opposite of McLaren. Hmm. Um, so to see them back up at the front. Is, is is good and it sounds like I, I didn't catch all the what happened with the upgrades and why they performed so well but i think i caught wind of they basically frankensteined their car between old upgrades and new ones and they did some on lances and others on alonzo's is that right no maybe <laughs> i thought i caught <laughs> I them know. saying something to that effect that they literally just kind of took some guesses at both cars and did a little bit to this one a little bit to that one um, and obviously it worked out pretty darn well. Yeah. I think it got to, it got to the point, must've gotten to the point where their plan was not really going too well. So they just did a throw it bits at stuff and see what happens. Plan Q. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And they might not have been that high up if the session hadn't ended so early and they were just getting there first laps were the ones that that counted for it but it, it paid off for them um and great starting positions for those guys and then we jump into the sprint shootout qualifying so this is where we got some more Ocon and Alonso action like we were talking about before but it really only happened with 30 seconds left in the session um Alonso so to me, it looked like Alonzo could have moved over a little bit more to the right, and maybe it would have been his considered his fault if Ocon hadn't lost it on the curb right before that and crashed. And Ocon still maintained that he didn't lose it. It's yeah, really. I mean, he didn't lose it. It kind of snapped, and he had to regain control. So I kind of get where he's coming from, but he totally lost it and stacked it into the side of Fernando. Yeah, yeah, definitely his fault. Um, but you know, it, it brings up the old feelings between the ex teammates, um, really, really unfortunate for both of them. I mean, Alonzo had a time that was able to get him through to the next session, but, um, they were not able to fix the car in time to let him go around. And Ocon was eliminated from the first session along with Lance, Joe, and both of the Williams, um, then on to the second sprint qualifying. Um, most of the guys only went out for for the one lap. Um, the guys that knew they were most likely going to be farther down anyway, Baltas, Gasly, and both of the Alpha Ataris. Um, and the guys that were out were essentially those guys, uh, Kevin, Nico, Pierre, Botas, and then Alonso, who wasn't able to, to go out. And then for SQ3, we didn't see, I think drivers only came out for one lap for the, for the final session. So it was really a, a one shot going for it. And Lando was able to take pole for the sprint race with Max and Checo rounding out the top three. I mean, a good pole position for Lando, but looking like 
he was probably going to get overtaken pretty shortly anyway. The Red Bulls looked to have the pace back. Yeah, it's kind of odd that they came out for one, only did one run. Maybe that was a tire thing. Because it's just like this, this, it's actually the shortest distance of a, of a circuit. So I think it's shorter than Austria, but Austria is a, is a quicker lap. But it's like they're around there in like a minute and 11, a minute and 12. Yeah. So in an eight minute session, because it's a pretty short SQ3 session, still it's eight minutes. There's time enough to go out for two runs. But uh, we were talking about the tire allocations for a sprint weekend where you actually get one set less, one set fewer tires, um, which is a little counterintuitive, but yeah, maybe in particular one. So you get one less tire set, but also in particular, it's, uh, I guess two less soft tire allocations and Hmm. maybe two extra mediums, whatever it is, the soft tires were the premium tire by far. And even though we didn't learn much in free practice one, clearly the teams figured out that the soft tires, like they needed to protect Never. those because yeah. all of this was about having soft tires for the races. Yeah. So, can, so I think that's one of the things that they really need to sort out about, about whatever format they put in, right. Is don't let the tires restrict the spectacle. Yeah. Like, give them enough allocation. I get why they do it. And like the, um, you know the the cost element and it all, but it's like just take a look at what tires there are out there and what you think you're going to need, and make sure that everyone has enough soft to actually be able to go out and do two runs in qualifying. Because you you want to see like the provisional pole sitter, and then you want to see everyone try and get past that one. Yeah, knowing that what they've got to do. So it's you know only having one run takes away from the show a little bit, which I think is against what they're trying to do here. And I guess, you know, at first, like first glance, it it didn't make sense in my head that they have an extra race that they would have less tires. But I, you know, when I thought about it, they're doing way more laps during practice sessions anyway. So it kind of, I guess maybe does make sense that they'd have less, but they do need to work it out so that they don't have only one lap going for that last qualifying session. But um, that is it for both of the qualifying sessions. So we jump into the sprint race. Like I said, during uh, during the qualifying session, it was a great jump for Max, and he was able to take the lead pretty easily from Lando going into turn one. Lando dropped back fairly easily. George made a really nice pass on Lando because he went a little wide. Um, into turn one and George was able to make it stick on the inside. And that was a really, really nice move from, from George there being, being super aggressive. Yeah. Both Mercedes got off. Well, uh, in particular though, Max, the Red Bull in the second phase of a start is just a beast. Like yeah. Lando clearly got away quicker. I think in yeah. both the sprint race and the regular race and, Whenever they drop second or third gear or whatever gear they're in, yeah. the Red Bull just pulls away. Like, but you look easily. at reaction time, you look at it all, and Max isn't the quickest off the line, not the fastest reactions. He's, but like you said, it's like they've got an extra second gear, <laughs> like second one, second two, and it just just propels them yeah. forward. Um, maybe it's a traction thing. Maybe they got some funky traction, like conspiracy theories. <laughs> Come on, kick in here. <laughs> but it just seems like when they're changing up gears, they they get the, the the traction down on the track 
they're not losing any time on the upshifts. Um, but did yeah. Max happen to be on the same side? I don't know if I thought about this. Maybe he was on. No, because he was on the inside, right? So uh, he was on the he was on the less grippy, less rubbered up side. I, I think. Yeah. So Paul is on the right side of the it's track. On the right. Yeah. yeah. So that doesn't even one. make sense. So yeah, their car is just it hammers out on that second phase of the start. Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F number one dot com, where you can put your theories to the test. So a great start for Max. And then a few laps later, I guess DRS starts on lap two for the sprint races, but it wasn't until lap four where Checo with DRS was able to take P4. Lewis looked like he was going to be able to take it back during down that um, second straight, but Checo was able to stay ahead. We saw some good battles between um, the two of them all weekend. Um, and then on lap five, George moves out of DRS range from Max and Lando. Um, so they are starting to pull away the front two. Um, and then lap seven, there's really like a huge DRS train building that's between Lewis and P7 or P- P5 and Alonzo and P12. There just wasn't much happening in the early part of the, the sprint race. And then Checo just kept moving forward. He passed George into turn one, which is where we saw a lot of the the passing this weekend. But George was able to take it back at the end of the back straight. Um, the battle between Checo and George for a few laps was was really intense. It was really good. Yeah, the DRS was powerful. Yeah, I don't know if it was too powerful because it definitely created some exciting racing for that, you know, turn one, two into the four or five complex or, you know, wherever they were getting to that back or that middle sector. Yeah, it definitely um, felt that during the sprint race in particular. I don't know what the deal was, but during the sprint race, it definitely felt like that there was too much in the DRS. Yeah, but it was nice to see like at least for most of the time, it was like the the first pass was happening at turn one, and then the next pass was happening during that next straight, which is like turn four or turn five or whatever. Um, it was battling back and forth where it, I feel like at most races where the DRS is, is overpowering, it's just kind of like you're, you're so far ahead by the time you get to the turn that there's nothing able to happen. But having the two DRS zones kind of back to back with the little chicane in the middle, um, Made it a little bit more exciting, but you know, yeah, maybe- I, I like that it made it strategic. You know, like yeah. yes, they were able to get by and and clearly get by in the second part, but you really had to plan your overtaking maneuvers, you know, pretty well. So I, I did, I didn't mind it. It was probably yeah. overpowerful, but yeah, I didn't mind it. So yeah, on that first try, Checo went for the move at turn one, and then George passed again on the next lap. He waited a little bit and waited for that second straight, but wasn't able to quite get by him into turn four. Um, but then on the next lap, he just went back to what he did the first time, passed him on turn one and was able to make it stick. And then he now sits P3. So we have Red Bull one and three with Lando in the middle. It took a few turns, but he was able to make it happen. 
Um, Danny and Carlos had some pretty crazy racing into turn one at lap on lap 12. Um, they were going side by side through, through that chicane. Um, and Danny was able to take P eight from Carlos. Um, but Carlos was able to, uh, take it right back. Cause Danny went a little bit, he, he had the exit. Wasn't, wasn't quite as, as good as Carlos's was. And Carlos was able to stay ahead, but Danny was, uh, looking pretty impressive during this race. Very racy. It was, yeah. I, I didn't expect it. I thought they were going to fall back into their normal, you know, Alphatari positions, but yeah, it was definitely exciting to see them up there. And where, um, where was Yuki at the same, same spot? Cause I definitely feel that Yuki's realized he needs to up his game a bit. He seemed a lot more focused this last couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think he was not quite in the points yet, but he was getting very close. Um, yeah, I think he was just outside. What is it? The top eight get points. So yeah, yeah. he was top eight. Yeah. Q nine, P ten, something like that. He was he was in the mix. Yeah, I think he was P ten because Oscar was was P nine. Because on the next one, we still had Danny and Carlos still battling a couple laps later, um, and then that made Oscar be able to um, get in that little fight between the three of them that we saw. Everything ended up staying the same, but. Um, we saw a nice three three car battle going on through that those first through a uh, few corners, um, and then on lap twenty one, Charles was able to take Lewis easily. The Mercedes their race pace is not what we've seen recently, and then towards the end of both of the races, they kind of started dropping back a little bit. Really, really poor from them. But Charles was able to take that spot. And then on the next lap, y- Yuki was able to pass Lewis easily into turn one, no problem, and take P6. Um, so I get actually, yeah, Yuki was ahead of them in this race. That, yeah, that was a mistake. Because um, then Danny, right after that, was able to take Oscar and into, into P9. Um, so a really, really impressive race from Yuki. And that was it. Max won another sprint race on the weekend What's or on the year. What's that? His fourth or fifth sprint race win of the season um, with Lando and Checo rounding out the podium positions. Yeah, I can't remember how many he's won, but definitely at least four. He's won most of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the <laughs> Astri won in Qatar, right? So yeah. oh, maybe right, he's yeah. won the rest of them. Maybe So maybe he won five. Yeah, just more more races for Max to win. It's you know how it, it it feels like that at the moment. Yeah, he complains about them, but he wins most of them. Yeah, but it was um, funny. Just this sprint, it felt like it, it, maybe it was a tire situation again. It just felt like everyone just kind of fell into the position they were in, and then there was a little bit of jostling, but it wasn't the most thrilling sprint race of the year and not nearly as good as last year's sprint um which george won uh and and again you know a a track which was good for mercedes last year certainly in the sprint was not working for them this year so yeah talk about yeah you can never take form into account for pretty much anything in current f1 yeah seriously i mean you even heard Logan say before the race, and I know it's a totally different situation coming from, you know, starting from the back, but he went into the sprint race, just using it as another testing session for the, for the Grand Prix. 
which was, you know, probably more to do with learning how the tires were going to degrade in a racing situation. But Yuki, like we said, had a great sprint race. What did he end up finishing? He finished in P6, which is, you know, pretty good, uh, pretty good on him. Three spots ahead of ahead of Danny, who is just out of the points. So, you know, a good couple a couple weekends for him. And then we go right into the feature race. Um, they did a pretty cool. I don't know if you guys were able to see the pre-race stuff, but they did like an all access feature of Ferrari from Mexico last weekend. It was just really cool seeing like the ins and outs of that during uh, during a race weekend. So that was that was awesome. But what I didn't was see that, that, but yeah, but it, was I, good. Um, it definitely was something I, I really want to watch. I heard that they were going to do it. They were going to show it. But with the sky coverage, you can never really know if we're going to get it here or not. Yeah. So, so I uh, I may have to go back and watch that. Yeah, so that was um that was awesome, but unfortunate for the formation lap leading up to the grid, Charles had another crash on a formation lap. I mean, they said that his hydraulic something in his hydraulics went out and he crashed pretty hard because of that. Um that yeah, was I think really, the, really the, whatever was happening locked his rear wheels and that's what actually spun him out because when you when you watch the in-car on the tv they showed like the 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 view back and you'd have never guessed that he'd spun out because it 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 just didn't look like anything had really happened other than the fact he spun out and hit the wall so yeah he didn't he didn't lose it it just seemed like the uh whatever like you said the rear wheels locked momentarily and that just spun him out but Brutal. you know it, it, ferrari just can't catch a break right now i mean i see you shaking your head mark as a ferrari guy <laughs> just you know was it two three rate which race was it that carlos didn't start yeah i i get what you're saying <laughs> and i'm a ferrari fan but you know most of their problems have been self you know they they've done it to themselves. You know, I, I don't know what this is. Obviously it's a reliability problem and you can only point to the team for that. Um, and, and that's been a lot of their issues throughout the last couple of years. So, uh, I feel bad for Charles and, and not that he's, uh, you know, not done anything himself to create mistakes for himself throughout this year and last, but yeah, I, I mean, as a Ferrari fan, just super frustrated, especially starting in P2. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But when you when you hear like when you hear Charles over the radio, you could you could tell it's getting in his head. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I'm so unlucky. Why am I always so unlucky? It's like it just feels like it's now it's becoming something that perpetuates itself. A curse. You, yeah. you know. Um so hopefully I don't know what you know. Vegas no one really knows what's gonna what the track is like, whatever. Abu Dhabi, everyone kind of knows, but hopefully in in there somewhere is is a is a really good race for Ferrari so that they can actually take a little bit from this season and not be kind of sucked down into the you know the negative self-thought kind of thing that's going on there. Because I, I think that um what's the, the team principal French guy? Fred um, Vasseur. Fred Vasseur. I think Fred's a I, I I like him at Ferrari. I think he's the right guy for Ferrari. You know, you can't judge him on like 
just what's happened this season so far because it's still quite early in like his tenure. You know, you can't you can only really affect change in an organization with a full cycle, which is why I'm, you know, I think that Otmar was really not taken care of very well by Alpine. But Fred is, you know, I, I like I like having his type of character leading Ferrari forward. And I think that by getting a good race in before the end of the year, hopefully we'll project them forward a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, I don't feel that bad, to be honest, guys, because they have the only other race win other than Red Bull. <laughs> I mean, at least they have that to hang their, their hat on. I mean, I guess McLaren has a sprint race win, but not quite the same. Dude, when you put it like that, it's like one sprint race and one Grand Prix. Yeah. All that have been taken from Red Bull this year. Man, that's, <laughs> they've been so good. Yeah crazy a crazy run of form um but let's get into the race so lando had a an amazing start he i think he ended up so he was originally p7 but with charles crashing out i guess technically he, he was, was he was p6 so he was p6. on the inside he had fernando in front of him right in in four and yeah. on the right hand side it was max in pole then uh stroll and then fifth place was lewis yeah so he went all the way up to P2 into turn one. Um, Race start. Pretty incredible jump for Lando. Um, and then behind him, there was a crash with, I think it was Albon, Kevin, Nico was involved. Oscar got hit from behind. Um, a pretty chaotic start that you know brought out eventually it was first a, a safety car but um ultimately turned into a red flag there was quite a bit of debris all over the track and they needed to fix the wall and um yeah know. should we should have told martin to fast forward like half an hour yeah that's <laughs> true it was a long it was a long uh delay um for them to get everything going again, but it it yeah. made it so that there was a lot of work that had to be done for, they tried to bring Danny and Oscar back out and they ultimately were able to do that um, because of s such a lengthy delay. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have been able to even have a chance at getting back out there if they hadn't, but it didn't really do them much good in the end. No, the pit crews did a really good job on that. And the incident itself, that was as you know, and another unfortunate, um, say three into one doesn't go. Is, is it what they yeah. what they always say? But another case where people are getting squeezed, and you can never really apportion too much blame in any of those. It's just unfortunate. Alex was going around the right hand side. Uh, I don't, who was in? Who was sandwiched in the middle? Was it? It was K Mag in the middle and Hulkenberg on the left, and or, or vice versa. And they just he, the middle guy got squeezed out. Yeah. And then, and then uh, two people crashed. Um, but you know, the, the lengthy delay meant that, like you said, the pit crews put in an awesome kind of turn to get them both out. I mean, Danny Rig was so unfortunate that there's like this errant tire that was like pinging around the track, and it he tried to avoid it, but it hit him on the rear wing, and that was that. The the pack had actually gone round, and they were actually start. They were on lap two before they threw the red flag out, which then meant that 
Danny and uh, Oscar, having recovered to the pits, they when it all restarted, they were a lap down. Yeah. So I felt really bad for them because if it was a, a safety car scenario, and if they started behind the safety car rather than just doing a formation lap to the grid, then the safety car would have let them unlap themselves and go right. back around to the back. But as it was, they started from the pit lane that lapped down, and which meant that the two of them were just only battling with each other the whole race. And they didn't have any opportunity to make it back up into the field, which is super unfortunate. And so on lap four, we had a, another standing start, another standing restart. Um, Max had another great jump from the line. He was able to stay pretty comfortably ahead of Lando. Alonzo had a great exit going into that next straight and was able to take P3 away from Lewis with some really, really good rate, late breaking on the inside of turn four. That was a really nice move on Alonzo. On Alonzo, super impressive. Yeah, um, I mean, he <laughs> he was the man. Uh, and that was an important pass for him, especially yeah. to get around Lewis that early to uh, to do what he did later on in the race. So very impressive start for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lando took the fastest lap out of nowhere on lap seven. It looked like he might be able to potentially chase up to Max, but then Max put on the jets and kind of pulled away again. Yeah, I guess so. On the next lap, Lando did get very close. He got within DRS range, and then Max started pulling away. Then on lap 13, Checo was trying for a few laps to get by George into P5, um, but George had had DRS from Lewis in front of him and wasn't able to make it happen. But finally, on lap 14, um, he was able to get him going into turn one. And it looked like Lewis was going to, I mean, uh, George was going to be able to take it back, but Lant Checo kept his foot in, was able to uh, keep it and now try and chase Lewis. And he pulled away from George fairly quickly. And then just within a few more laps, he was able to take Lewis and into P4 and keep it. Um, and then Lewis essentially immediately came into the pits after that. Everybody kind of started pitting here next. George also pit on that lap. Checo responded after that. And everybody's going on to mediums at this point. Um, I guess they had already used their their soft tires. So they're switching to switching to mediums to use the other other kind. They had to check off that second tire allocation box. Exactly. And and there was a lot of, uh, or not a lot, but quite a few contentious words between George of his feelings about what was going on. Early on, he said, you know, hey, let's work together, knowing that Checo was probably going to move through. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not, a, I'm not a Lewis fan, so maybe I'm just biased. I mean, you guys let me know what you think, but how odd, like... You know your teammates right behind you. You know Checo has got a quicker car, especially down this long straight going up a hill. Why would you not try to keep George in your DRS to try to pull him as long as possible and hold off that overtake? It was, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like Lewis just gets uh, emotional <laughs> yeah. and, and starts to make poor decisions. And you hear his tone to the team as you know as he's talking about the car. So it was a bit confusing to see the he decisions can, he, he was making. He can be quite negative in, t in terms of some of his interactions at, at various yeah. points. But this was still pretty early in the race. And I didn't I didn't really get a view of lap times. And I'm not going to 
leap to Lewis's defense, but he's British and I'm British, and that's just how we're gonna have to suffer through this for you. But <laughs> it's like I don't know, did did Lewis speed up or did or did George have like a moment going through like 10, 11, 12 where he, he missed an apex or something and fell back? I don't know. It's kind of a tough one to say because if you're trying to manage a gap, it's like, do you expect the guy in front to slow down and keep him in a certain range or did you expect them to kind of work together? And Because you'd have thought that George would have been trying to keep up. I don't know. Well, I didn't, to that I point, didn't see any of the timings. in the sprint race, when Lewis asked, where am I losing time to George? It was in particular in that tight section at the end of sector, uh, sector two, which is I think what, 11, 12 or that, that tight section. Mm-hmm. Um, so George was quicker, at least in the sprint race through those tighter turns. Um, and we've seen Carlos play the game of knowing like, okay, I got to keep uh, Lando in my DRS in, in Singapore, yeah. you know, and, and intentionally slowing up, um, not to risk that. So, you know, who knows? I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's not yeah. fair to just c- completely criticize him, but it was odd. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all the same Checo Checo pulls through both of them and, uh, and then they pit. Yep. And then lap 24, Joe was forced to retire from the race. Yeah. I mean, by this point, things were starting to look a little bit. This turned into a bit of a race of attrition. Yeah. Over the course of the next few laps, and I guess we'll, we'll cover who was dropping, which fly was dropping at what point. But I was not expecting this to be like an, an attrition kind of war, but it just it seemed like. Only if you're driving a Ferrari powered car, apparently. <laughs> For the most or part, Mercedes. Yeah. Don't give too much away, but yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, no, it's like you look at, you know, obviously, uh, like I said, Ferrari powered car, Charles on the formation lap, and then you got Joe, and then don't want to give too much away, but Bottas fans, you might want to cover your ears for the rest of the podcast, yeah. but it, yeah, these these things just kind of, I don't know what the deal was, but things things were breaking and maybe it's just because it's the point in the season where people are getting to the end of their power unit lives right. and all, all of that and uh i don't know but it yeah things which is kind of crazy because we don't really ever have reliability problems in recent years you know they're when they change the formula and there's usually some some of that going on but uh it has been a long while since we've had reliability issues so yeah it was a bit odd yeah, definitely. Um, and then we had the Aston Martins moving up. Lance was able to pass George into turn one, and he went into P9, but he'd also pit and was on fresher tires than George was. Um, but this, Alonso- was, this was Lance Stroll that started on like third on the grid, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to poop. But he had just man. come in from the pits, and I guess George went. When did George. They pit on lap 19, Lance pit on lap 23. So, I mean, it's like a four lap difference. Um, so, yeah. And then Alonzo came in for his pit stop from P3. He fell back to P6. Um, and then Lance was able to pass Lewis now, and he's up into P5 again. Um, and then Max finally pit from the lead. Lando responded on the next lap, and they just kind of swapped places back and forth. They were so far ahead at that point. Didn't make much of a difference. A few laps later, lap 
35. Carlos had been chasing down George for a while and finally was able to get him and up into P7. It was just everybody chasing down the Mercedes at this point. They were just dropping back like stones. It was really, really bad. I mean, they really got something wrong this weekend, the Mercedes boys. They, this, was, uh, this is like their bread and butter all year, right? They qualified poorly all season, but they always had good race pace up until this well, point. Well, to, to have the Ferrari passing you because of tire wear issues, right. like, <laughs> you definitely got it wrong, yeah. <laughs> right? That's like an inherent problem for Ferrari. So, yeah, they, they and those rear tires were just going off. You saw Lewis's rear end sliding everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they they because they, they've had such a strong few races, so... Everyone was kind of expecting this to be well. They weren't expecting Mercedes to be as bad as they were. You know, by the same token, this this is not a track that should have suited McLaren. You know, when you yeah. if you listen to uh, to Lando in particular, it's like they you know Mexico and Brazil they were not expecting to be competitive, and you know you look, it's like. P two P two, you know. I'll take Lando. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as, as a McLaren boy, um, I mean, I love McLaren as well. But it's to see what they've done this year is just remarkable. From where they started yeah. the year to 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 now, seeing you know, from where they Lando started be, the decade, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been it's been a tough yeah, it's been a tough decade <laughs> for anyone that's been a fan of the the British constructors you know M- mclaren and williams um yeah. just growing up in the 90s 80s and 90s it, they were just powerhouses and then i mean even through um the, uh, until the start of the turbo uh hybrid era it, they were you know yeah yeah it's, it's just like with with uh with ferrari ferrari through that you know 90s 2000s each era has their you know has the team that just become uh transcendent so it's unfortunate because you'd rather see everyone competing all at the same time but um it just how it goes right but mclaren have done a, a just a fantastic job this season yeah hopefully they can keep it rolling into next season now um but lap 37 lando got another fastest lap um, but he was still, you know, around a five second gap behind Max. Um, Carlos was able to get by Lewis on the same lap and easily get him down that second straight and into P6. And then just like Nick had hinted at lap 41, Botas is now forced to retire and another double DNF for Alfa Romeo this season. They've had at least... This is at least their second time they've had a double DNF on the year. Really unfortunate for those guys, although they haven't really had a season to remember. But really unfortunate for Valtteri. Um, And then the cars are kind of spread out at this point. It's really the only gap is between Lewis, who is just dropping back like crazy with Pierre behind him, who was in P10, I believe. Um, He was able to pass George pretty easily into turn one, taking P9. The Alpines looked very good 
for the feature race, it didn't look great for the for the sprint race, but um, really impressive pace from them during this race. George came in for his second stop, and then this is where everyone started coming in for their next stop. Lap 50, Pierre took the fastest lap um, right before he was able to pass Lewis down the uh, the pit straight again fairly easily back in or up into P8. Lando stays out for a few laps, I guess, hoping that a safety car will happen, which didn't come and kind of ruined any chance he had of chasing Max down, not that there was really much of a hope. He was still, you know, around a five second gap, but yeah, I think, I think at that point they knew they didn't have the pace to win right. and they, they had obviously a, you know, a pretty sizable gap back to Fernando. And so they're like, well, there's not much to lose by hanging out here for a little while. We're not going to push ahead and we're not going to challenge Max unless Maybe there's a safety car, and that way we can get a cheap stop, and maybe, maybe get ahead. And um, so you can see it was it was pretty logical thinking. Obviously, there wasn't a safety car, and it just cemented Lando into into not being able to challenge for the victory. But it was worth it. It was a a, a low downside gamble, right? Which yeah. yeah was I you know at the time was surprising that Red Bull decided to pit Max because you know they're usually put pretty buttoned up with their strategy and seeing McLaren there with not really anything to lose by staying out I was surprised that they brought Max in he was I forget how many seconds ahead he you know holding pace comfortably ahead of Lando so you gotta think that their their only hope of winning would be to get a safety car I just would have figured they would have waited or you know or pushed it a little bit further than than at that point. I mean, I know the soft tires are the tires to be on, so I get it from that perspective, but it's not like Lando was going to undercut him. I think he was like 10 seconds behind him, so they could have yeah. waited quite a bit even if he pitted. So that, I thought that that was a bit tricky because, yeah, a safety car comes out, Lando could take take the win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then lap 59, George retired from the race. I didn't hear what ultimately it was wrong with his car other than he was just dropping back nonstop. Maybe they just gave up. Lack of motivation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame him. It was was pretty brutal. Yeah. Because when there were interviews with Toto afterwards, it's like, well, the PU was at the end of his life last race. It's like, well, if the power unit was, it was its last race. Why did you not just fucking keep him out there? And if it fails, it fails. Yeah. You didn't want to have a failure. Well, you're not reusing that thing. So come on, just yeah. stay out and keep challenging. And it's like, we could have got a, maybe we could have got a point. Well, that's the point. You know, the guy, I mean, yeah, it's nice. They for, are fighting Ferrari pretty heavily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. I'm sure it's nice for whoever they're leaving the breadcrumbs for to get a point, but you're supposed to be competing for every point. So yeah. I, I, it it felt a bit defeatist from Mercedes. They had a terrible weekend. I get it, but it felt like they kind of gave up a little bit on that one, which I don't agree with. Yeah, it did look like that to me as well. Looking like sore losers, kind of. That was unfortunate for George. Then 
McLaren decided that a safety car probably wasn't going to come. So they finally bring him in on lap 60, takes back P2. And then for the last few laps, we have a great battle between Alonso and Checo. Just going back and forth, it was like Checo looked much better on the straights, but Alonso was able to get the better exits out of the out of the corners. Really, really great between the two of them. And then Checo was finally on the second to last lap. Checo was finally able to get Alonso into turn one and keep it. But Alonso was not going to give up. He was staying right behind him the whole way. And then Checo went a little wide on the very last lap at turn one. And Fernando was just able to take P3 back going down that second straight and keep it through turn four. And then we got another photo finish at the line for P3. It was really, really close, but Alonso was able to hold off for that P3 finish. And I don't know if I've seen any other races where they have, or at least I haven't noticed, where they have the cameras so close to the cars, like right on that that long straight. It, it is really some amazing camera work they had going on for this race right at, right at the finish line. It was... Um, a crazy finish from those guys. It was just a masterclass by Fernando. I see, I could see it, it like the last corner, turn 12, Jin Sao. You could see he was on a different line. You know, he wasn't getting the apex because he, he was taking an early, he was breaking very square into the corner, which is a way to get, you, you're guaranteeing yourself you're sacrificing the entry to get more speed on the exit. And it just meant that, you know, Fernando was playing with Checo through the rest of the lap, making sure that he was in the right place in those last 10, 11 and 12 to just be able to use all his charge up the straight to combat Checo's DRS. And it, he, he was like 15 laps of that, just yeah. playing with that line, changing it up, being slightly tighter, slightly wider, so that Checo never really knew what line he had to take to that yeah. last main corner. No. To, to get Alonso the run. is a genius. He is. Yeah. And gotta be uh, the best. I mean, Max is a phenomenal driver. Alonso is the best driver just on the so grid. So wily. Like, and- to, to find grip is is not easy when you're in the middle of a race after 70 whatever lap or 60 plus laps to go and start figuring out where there is grip to get the exits to not wear out the tires to use your energy on lap after lap to outpace the red bull down the straights who was getting drs like so many things and to and then to get past and and get and pass back like i mean yeah if you get passed by a red bull you the normal right. order of things is that they disappear into the distance, but he was able to just stick with it and get there. And then on that last, the last, the end of the penultimate lap where he, where Checo moved left to defend into one sealed his fate because at yeah. that point, as soon as Fernando saw Checo go left, he knew that Checo was going to miss the apex of turn one. And that meant that he could come off the, like, in, in a, such a way that 
he was he threw one two he was got a better run through and that totally set it up turn four which is just the smart racer that fernando is it was yeah he just he sees things you know he sees it so much clearer than everybody else but then when you see when he crossed the line and the you know the celebration in the aston martin garage compared to the red bull garage everyone's kind of shaking each other's hand in the red bull garage and everyone's like yay we've got another (laughs) and then you know max on the on the cool down lap is singing tom jones green green grass of home and stuff like that it's all very but like you look at aston martin and they're just losing their shit (laughs) <laughs> just you know everyone's jumping around and fair play to them because they were all work, you know i don't want to say they work harder than red bull but when you when you're red bull and you've won 17 or how many races have they won all of them bar one and i think it that's just right 17 or 18 yeah it was, i think it was 17 just max right uh this was his 16th win i believe of the season yeah so but yeah just i think that 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 P3 meant as much to Aston Martin as, as it could have. It was, it was cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like the Red Bull is as bored of winning as we are of watching them win this <laughs> season. Um, like I said, there's si- Max's 16th win of the season. Yeah. He passes Alain Prost. <laughs> In terms of number of wins, he's at fifty-two now. Oh wow! Alan passed on fifty-one. He's now halfway to Lewis at one hundred and three. Wow! So and he's what fifteen years old still. Yeah, I mean, he's how many wins does Vettel have? But he he's basically caught up with Vettel, and he's twenty-six years old. Yeah, so, yeah, that's wild. So obviously, Max would be. A winner on today, Lando, another P two. Um, he must be getting sick of finishing runner up in these races. He must have a win coming soon, hopefully. Um, Aston Martin, obviously winners today. I mean, Fernando with P three. Uh, where did Lance? Lance finished only seven seconds behind. That's so, right, P five. Yeah, P five. So a good. A really good all-round result, and yeah. Lance's best result for how long? I mean, really good, really good result all round. The for first Aston couple, this week. yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. Screw Lance, because his attitude for the last like month and a half or two has been just pathetic to watch a professional yeah. athlete act the way he acts. You know, I uh, he did great. Obviously, the team did great. I believe he must have got the better. Uh, situation of those Frankenstein, uh, you know, uh, things that they did to the cars because he, I think he outqualified Alonzo in the sprint race or did he finish higher? I forget, but it seemed like his car was definitely performing very well for him to be where he was relative to Alonzo because for most of the season, Alonzo has just absolutely destroyed him. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, I was becoming a little bit of a supporter for Lance in the beginning of the year because he actually started to do some interviews and you kind of started to see a little bit of a personality. The way that he battled back from breaking both of his wrists. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. At the start of the season, it's like, yeah, maybe he wants this. But then... Oh, the second half of the season was just an embarrassment to watch him. It was so frustrating. So I'm not happy that he did well. <laughs> Sorry, Lance yeah. Porters. I love Canada. That's fair. <laughs> that's totally yeah, fair because because it, it's also the, uh, this is probably just the ammunition that 
his dad needs to say, oh, we'll keep him in the car because he finished right. fifth in Brazil. Right. Yeah. His billionaire father who owns the team. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Jesse Hawkins won't be in the car next year or whatever her name is. <laughs> right. Well, but but Felipe Drugovic, like he's Felipe Drugovic is signed. He's going to be their test driver again next year. Yeah. But when you see a car that's as strong as that, it's like, well, I mean, so you kind of feel for these guys who they've won F2. So if you win the F2 championship, you're not allowed to compete in F2 again. Right. Right. So that's kind of one of the rules. So like Oscar Piastri, he won F3, then went straight up to F2, won F2. And then, well, shit, you don't have an F2 race. You don't have an F2 seat. Yeah, you're with Alpine. So you're just going to have to be their support driver. And then you got to figure it out for yourselves. So like Drugovic, Aston Martin, obviously very competitive, but f- the way that Fernando's driving, he can keep going forever. And, you know, the boss's kid is in the second car. So you, you ride it out another year, but then once you're two years out of competitive racing and the next, you know, the next generation, not even a generation, but the next F2 sponsored kids through the program are coming through you know you got to feel for a guy like Drugovic because yeah. he knows that if next year like a year from now he's not getting signed to the main team you know your your number could be up hmm. and he's and probably he's re- not even the number one guy from that class of guys because Liam Lawson did so well when he filled in for Danny Rick he's probably below him on yeah. someone that guys would want to bring in anyway yeah, but and you know it's all about the programs that you come up through, right? So yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, you know Aston Martin now they're launching the it's, they've got a WEC team. So we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's like can we not just put Lance out to pasture in the endurance team and and just bring up the next the next uh, generation of talent? Yeah, they should do that, but they won't. Unfortunately, I, yeah, I, I I don't know enough about WEC, but it seems like that's definitely more driver, like based on skill, the the drivers that are in those cars, not necessarily right. money. So, oh uh, well, I don't, maybe, I don't know if you can maybe hang. land shouldn't be. But another great driver that had a great another driver that had a great weekend, Yuki. Um, scored points in both of the races this weekend. Um, yeah, which he, Danny cannot say <laughs> he's going to be Danny in both well. races because I was a little skeptical about Yuki because obviously last year he was against Pierre and and you know it was fine, but then this year he was like he apparently took a step forward, but that was because Nick DeVries was in the other car, and it's like well. Okay, but does that does that mean that Yuki's better, or does that mean the car's better and Yuki's still average? But I think, in particular, since Liam Lawson got in the other car, and it's like I can't have a total rookie, right, beat me. And then since Danny Rick's come back as well, and he's a legit driver that you need to he needs to show his metal. Um, yeah, it's going to be so. Yuki's Yuki's done a good job. I was yeah. hearing some crazy that ru- I, I hearing. I was reading in the Twitter Twitterverse like crazy rumors about you know maybe the last couple of races they'll put um, put Max in the AlphaTauri. Oh my then, god! 
and and then um, and end everybody's career. Yeah, and then just kind of uh, being all, like, or, or just like totally switch the drivers to see and like, have a shootout basically for who was going to take um, the final seat. In that would be Red amazing. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, what, what was, so what was great. Yeah, so put Max in the Alphatari so that the Alphatari could get some points to secure their better position in the constructors, and then it's basically. Um, uh, Danny Rick and Checo in the other two, it, well, in the two Red Bull cars, basically fighting it out for the second seat for next for, year. Yes. I, I think it was just a genius. Oh, that, that is great! Thing. They, they should, should totally do, do that. that. They should yeah. totally do it. Yeah, I'm all on board for that. <laughs> um, and the Alpine got another. They got a uh, double point scoring race as well uh pierre had an amazing race i don't remember how many passes he made but he made a bunch of passes in this race it was really really good for him yeah but this is a track where he's done well before he he got that p2 in that drag against lewis to the line which was actually closer i think than than checo and fernando today because they were like literally neck and neck at the line albeit slightly different because i think they were both uh, anyway, I, I forget how it was, but um, Checo definitely had way more speed coming to the line than um, than Fernando, so it wasn't quite the same drag up the hill as it was between right. um, between Pierre and Lewis that year. But uh, this is, this is one of those tracks, I guess, that, that Pierre likes. He does pretty well, and um, yeah, another good result for him today. Yeah. And then obviously the losers are Charles and Mercedes are really the big, the big losers on, on the weekend. Yeah. Back to the drawing board for Mercedes. I think this one, they they don't even seem to know what, what they did wrong. Right. Uh, They'll probably go back to their car from, from last week. And then in two weeks we have Vegas. I think that was a good race for Ferrari. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really. No one really knows the track. But the one thing that I only really kind of picked up on today or yesterday was it's going to be cold, like nighttime in the oh, that's desert. Good point. That's right. Yeah, it's it's going to be in maybe the forties. Jeez, they're saying like, and that's Fahrenheit, between, by the way, listeners. Yeah, yes. like <laughs> five, like five to ten degrees Celsius, which is which is like the forties. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, how frustrating. Like the race is at 3 a.m. for the East coast. Come on. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're welcome. Lo- lo- local time is midnight. Right. Come on, man. Is that right? I thought it was midnight for us. No, no. no. Uh, nah, it's like 3 a.m. Yeah. Oh no. Is it, or is it, Why? or is it 10, or is it 10 p.m. Vegas, 1 a.m. here? Yeah. That, I that think it's ten. It. Yeah. Did they move I think, it? I, I thought I think, it was I think midnight. Quali- I think qualifying is at midnight. Oh, okay. Either it's way, it's just, really late <laughs> for I, I, the yeah, Americas. Either way, I'm watching it in in the morning when I get up. Qualifying <laughs> is at three a.m. The race is at one a.m. Okay. East Coast time. East Coast time. So. Focus. Yeah, that's hmm. wrong. Yeah, I didn't think about the temperature thing. That's a that's an interesting point. I mean, I guess that's good for Ferrari, who's obviously having lots of temperature issues, and it's a lot of straights. So 
I'm banking on a good race for them. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of Qatar, though, right? You know, like Qatar, people were passing out and spewing on themselves. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas Vegas are going to be like shivering. They're going to need, uh, you know, they're going to need an extra pair of socks on to keep their feet warm. Yeah, wear a hat underneath their helmets. Yeah. I don't know. Blankets made of gold and silver. <laughs> Hopefully, the track will be finished in the next two weeks. I know if they're still doing work on it, but uh Yeah, my in laws were in Vegas last weekend and uh yeah, they said the strips all torn up. So they haven't even painted the lines on there yet. Jeez. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be seeing a race in two weeks. Yeah. They'll make it happen. Lots of yeah. work in Formula One. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to add? Got a lot of info in there. No. Who's gonna I'm do sure the coops got- update? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think we, none of us want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I did. I scored like 86 points this week. It was Oof. really, really bad. I dropped down to like fourth or fifth place. I mean, rough week, obviously, to call. To there were some people that still scored like almost 300 points. I don't know how, but. Really? I didn't even see that. Almost 300. Well, maybe not quite almost, but maybe almost compared to me getting 83 points. <laughs> <laughs> and that's with Lando in second, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think I even, I, I, I put, I, I'm disappointed in myself that I think I had my, the McLarens at like sixth and seventh or seventh and eighth. Well, I mean, you, you got to go on what you see in free practice to exactly. some degree and it looked pretty grim for them. You know, yeah. how, how do you think they're going to do well? I had Charles in P2, you know, like thought that was, had Charles in P2 and Carlos in oh, P4. And after qualifying, you must have been. I was feeling pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I was most shocked. I, I, I thought for sure Lewis was going to be a podium finish here for yeah, sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. You know, me too. This I is, had him in P2. He's a big fan favorite here. This seemed like a Mercedes track. They've been doing well. So, yeah, that was pretty crazy to see them perform the way that they did but yeah yeah, yeah, for coops i mean whatever if you did well this week you clearly just threw darts at the wall yeah (laughs) i mean all right here i'll do i'll do martin's little thing cappy 61 is back in first place or still in first place by a lot now i think like close to 100 points now are separating him from schumacher's list in second I dropped down to fourth. Mark, you went up five spots. You're in eighth now. So that's good. Nick, you dropped nice. down to 16th Ooh, from ninth. Yeah. And scrolling, scrolling. Martin scrolling. is back. Oh, almost 106. 106. Oh, he moved up. He moved yeah, up. he moved up a few spots. The 30 spots or something, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's let's give a shout out to Lynn Martin's wife, who was a supporter of the New York uh, Marathon, running with a friend, uh, a disabled friend. Yes, I think someone who had yeah, a she, brain injury. Had, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was uh, a guide helping yeah. helping her around. Yeah. So awesome. you, Lynn. All twenty six point yeah. two miles. Yeah, that's amazing. Well done, Lynn. He has to give up the corner. I had to bounce ahead. What is wrong with these people? Thanks for listening to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Brazilian Grand Prix. And join us next time for our review of the 2023 Las Vegas Grand Prix. Thanks again.